Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy Uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Uh, opening thought for the day is that I hate when I'm thirsty and I have to pee at the same time because the contradictory emotions it produces are just too much to process because as I'm going to the toilet and I'm really thirsty, I'm wondering like, why do I have to pee if I'm really, really thirsty right now? It doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, I get really upset. So I may have or not, I can't remember, recounted the story of how my son learned the word shit. And it was 100% my fault. I I like the video games. I like the uh, the, the runny shooty stuff. I really like the explodey stuff. That's that's really nice. Um, so I play a lot of those games. Now I played the Uncharted series. My son really enjoyed the Uncharted series. It's very cinematic. It's very fun to watch. Uh, a lot of games I play probably would not have the same impact if you just watched someone else play. Uh, but we all know that Uncharted as a series is is like a movie playing out in front of you, which is really fun. So he watched those. Now, it's still a game for a younger audience. They don't drop a lot of F-bombs, but they do say the word shit regularly and often. So after a while of playing the game, and of course bad things happen, and the characters go, shit. My son, quite casually sitting behind me, said, what does shit mean? Now, luckily, I wasn't really off-put by this. And I just explained, oh, it's like a bad word. It means poop, uh, but it's a bad way to say it. So when they're angry and they say it, they say shit. You shouldn't say that around your mom. I actually don't really mind people swearing. Uh, You shouldn't say it in school, that kind of stuff. And he just kind of went, oh, 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 and took that information in and off we went. No problem. Thing is, lately I've been listening to music in the car. Now we've gotten past the stage where we listen to kids songs and thank God that has happened because listening to kids songs every day in the car is torture. Kids songs are horrendous. They're painful. And the kids just want to listen to one song on a loop forever. When we got past that and we actually listened to some Katy Perry, which is a singer I don't really enjoy, I was overjoyed to listen to some not kids music, even if I didn't really like the adult music we were listening to. But of course, in the car, I want to listen to some music I like, and I'm also quite old. Recently, I was listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits, and this part came up. part that we have just listened to has two lyrics. One, California, rest in peace. And the second is simultaneous release. Now, I think you know by the hesitation in my voice already, which set of words my son picked up on and wanted to know what they meant. Because California, he knows what California is. We've never been there, but he knows it's a place. 
Rest in peace is a phrase he's seen in, in other media, so he probably knew what that one was already, even if it doesn't really make sense with California rest in peace. But simultaneous release was one of those things where, where maybe he didn't know the words or he didn't know how to put those together. He didn't know what it meant. So he asked, Dad, what does simultaneous release mean? Now, I honestly, 100% do not know what simultaneous release means. I do have a guess based on most of the Red Hot Chili Peppers preceding lyrics in every one of their other songs. And I think I know what it means. So I looked at my son and I said, son, it means you've had a good day. You won't understand that now, but you will in the future. You have listened to this podcast and I, I'm sure you've found it an overwhelmingly positive experience because of my incredibly positive view on the positivity that is in the world. Because of this overwhelming, overflowing positivity I have in my life, and I just, I just can't keep it in, not only do I produce this podcast, I also make another podcast called Ninja News Japan, and I have launched a third podcast. So coming October 2nd, you can get Daily Affirmations Weekly. Now, what are Daily Affirmations Weekly? Well, they are Daily Affirmations, but it only comes out once a week because I couldn't make one for every day. I think the longest one is the first one where I explain the concept, and I think that one tops out at a minute. After that, the longest one, I think, is about 30 seconds, because I, I, I believe I actually sing the song from the old cartoon Hercules. So if you're looking for another podcast that takes absolutely no time out of your day, please consider subscribing to Daily Affirmations Weekly. You can go to velocipeter.com and there will be a link there. You can go to velocipeter.com slash dailyweekly. I'm going to submit it to Apple, but it takes a little while to be approved. So I don't know if that's going to happen right away or not. And then it will start showing up on all other formats like Apple and Spotify and all those other things. If you want to be affirmed daily, but weekly, daily affirmations weekly. So I have been doing at my work a review of some exam questions that have been translated into English and then uh, some example answers that were also translated into English uh, by someone who is not a native speaker. So of course the initial joke of this is that the English is really bad, but I enjoyed the creative use of English so much that I felt it was, it was wrong to withhold it and just, and just enjoy it myself. So the question... Suppose you go to disco with your friend for the first time. Please tell me the situation at that time. The student's answer was, When I reached an entrance of disco with my friend, we found a big guard man who was a man of muscle. And then we paid the entrance fee and entered that disco. Inside the disco, we got a drink in the bar counter. Having been surrounded the loud music, it was difficult to have a communication with my friend in verbal. While drinking, I and my friend tried to look for girls to join and drink with them, but it failed. As a result, I left the disco with my friend and went to a small restaurant to have an evaluation meeting. It was one of pale memories. Now I enjoy that story. This is something that was just made up. All you had to do was do the English to, to fulfill the question and then talk for X amount of time. In this case, it was about 45 seconds. But because it's all fictional, this is all hypothetical, uh, you're supposed to imagine you're going to a disco. I did enjoy very much the use of the language, like big guard man who was man of muscle. That was nice. I enjoyed that. 
Um, being surrounded by loud music, it was difficult to have communication with my friend in verbal. It was interesting because I understood everything really well. I understood all the comments and everything that was part of it. And I actually painted quite a good picture for me. So this person maybe doesn't have the highest level of English, but they do have communicative ability, which I really appreciate. But what I liked most of all was in this hypothetical situation, he tried to pick up girls and failed. So despite the fact that he has full power over the imaginative situation that he's in, he still is not capable of picking up girls. And then the final strike, when they, they go to another place to have some drinks and talk themselves down, he calls it an evaluation meeting, which is exactly what it is. But then my imagination takes over and I think the, the evaluation meeting might be that they can't be friends anymore. So look, I'm sorry, Toshio, you and I went out today. Uh, we tried to pick up girls and we failed. And I don't think your performance is up to scratch. So I'm sorry, I'm going to have to let you go in the friend position and, and we're going to look for someone else to to fulfill my wingman position uh, in the future. So it was it was good working with you. I really appreciated your diligence and effort. I don't think we can work together going forward. This took me to a private business lesson I taught for a big company and it was about business presentations. So what we decided to do was actually, of course, let's make a fictional product and then do a business presentation for it. Now, the students worked primarily on ceramic brakes for cars. That was, they were all engineers and whatnot. And this was their primary focus was ceramics and ceramic brakes specifically. And they made a lot of ceramic parts for cars. One group decided they would invent a new car and they called it the car for a husband. And in this car, there was a display. And this was one of the primary features was the display. And it was from this display, your wife can send you messages. So you're on your way home and your wife can send a message. And up on the car, it will pop up that you have to go and pick up some broccoli. Now, the wife could autonomously take over the car and make it drive to the grocery store and not let you back in the car until you had gotten the broccoli and could prove it and get in the car again. So actually, it seemed like for the husband part was a bit of a misnomer. And I thought this was odd because all the features seemed to be uh, at the behest of the wife. And the man was a secondary thought. He was just in the car. It was driving by itself. It was taking him where he needed to go to get stuff for his wife. And then came the denouement of the lesson. As they said, there is one button for the man. And what this button does is when you press it, it closes all the windows. And then it, it starts pumping the exhaust from the muffler directly into the car. So basically what they did, they made a suicide car for husbands and they presented it with such seriousness and gravity. And this is one of the few times that I have actually really laughed out loud and laughed really hard. And by the end of it, I couldn't stop because they were dead face, dead serious as they made this presentation and they did everything perfectly. And I only wish I could have filmed it. Back to this test, the answerer, the test taker in this case, seems to have had similar humorous sensibilities because one of the questions is, please explain the difference between students and adult member of society and how they spend the holidays. Let me explain about the difference between students and adult member of society. The students may spend holidays with their lovers and they may go to the movies and museum. They take a good communication each other, respecting their opinions. On the other hand, Adult member of society may spend their holidays with their sons and daughters, and sometimes his wife. There is no freedom, no opinion. They just obey the orders from his wife. I think it is like a hell on earth. This is not actually malicious compliance, but it's, it's pretty similar. It would kind of fall into that category. If I personally suffer from any psychological ailment, it would probably be from overconfidence. 
that's not a bad thing. As far, as far as like negative personality traits, that's one of the better ones to suffer from. Just just because you will get further with that than if you lack confidence or something similar. But of course, people see other people with self-confidence or in my case, maybe even overconfidence. And there is an instinct to try to take them down or try to get them to reduce their confidence, to try to shake their confidence. Because in a sad way, that makes people who lack confidence feel better. So this relates to a story that happened to me at my work. This was, I was relatively new to my position and I was doing quite well. I'm not saying the best at my job in the world, but compared to the other people, I was doing fine. Um, and I had taken to everything. And what had actually happened is they had understaffed. And as the fact that they had understaffed, I was in charge of a lot of things that maybe I shouldn't be in charge of yet, but I had taken them all on and I felt very good about it and I felt I was doing okay. Now, so my coworkers decided, ah, oh, what we'll do is take them down a peg. So they had me do a demonstration of a, a new lesson type. This was an English situation, English teaching situation. So we'll have them do a demo for us, the Japanese staff, and it was about four or five people in the room. And they said, okay, we'll come do a demo for us of this class. So I came in and I did the demo and I did it sort of in an exuberant style because that's how I like to teach. I want to make sure that my enthusiasm gets to you because if I'm low key, then my audience is also going to be low key. They said the lesson was fine, but then they started talking to each other and saying, mm, he's too confident. He's too confident. And they kept saying that. And I realized they're saying it to each other in a way that this was pre-planned. They wanted to tell me that I was coming across as too confident and they wanted me to, to maybe stop and be a little more humble in what I did. Now, this really bothered me because taking away someone's confidence is never actually helpful. If you meet someone who's overconfident, you can help them rein it in uh, by, by getting them to look at themselves and the things they do and maybe where they've overstepped. But I had not, in this case, overstepped. And I knew that because I had done the preparation. I had practiced. I was doing this what many people would consider the right way. So I decided to pretend to take that to heart. I didn't because I don't take anything other people say to heart because that's not a, how I live. But I decided that the best way to do this would be to kind of prove a point to them. That if they had a choice between an overconfident person and a person who lacked confidence as a coworker, they should support the person with more confidence. So now it came time for the person, me, to do a demonstration for people who were not just working in the same office for other people. Now, they came to me and said, we'd like you to do this demonstration. I said, well, I actually don't feel like I'm capable. And they, they stopped. Like, what? What do you mean you don't feel capable? Well, I did the demonstration and, and, and the feedback I got was that I was too confident and it didn't come across well. And I don't feel like I'm the right person to do this job anymore. I think maybe you should find someone who, who better suits the attributes you are looking for to present this lesson to the other people that you're looking to do this for. And this put them in a very difficult situation because there was no one else. As again, previously I stated, we were understaffed. So the fact that there was no one else who could do it and now the only person who they had available to them was saying they weren't comfortable with it, they lacked confidence in their ability to do it, as a result of their own actions, put them in the spot where they either had to turn around and say, well, we were trying to undermine you, I'm sorry we were successful, or they had to build my confidence up again. This they handled in a very Japanese way. They just walked away and said nothing, and I assume 
hoped I would just give in and do the demonstration. But because they had to set up a time and a place with me, they needed to come back and ask me multiple times, you know, are you free on this day? Can you come at this time and whatnot? And I just kept holding back to the point saying like, I just don't feel comfortable with it. I don't think I'm good enough. I, I don't think that I think you should get someone else to do it. Who's better suited for this, who better suits the kind of person you want to present this material. And they ended up actually having to get someone else to do it. Instead of admitting they were wrong or trying to undo the damage they had done, they actually went and made someone else do it. And now, quite frankly, I knew the other person who was going to do it was not going to be as good as me. And it's not because they lacked skill or talent or anything like that. They just didn't have the time to prepare like I had because I'd prepared the demonstration before and done it. I was going to do the exact same demonstration. But because I kept saying to them, you were successful in your desire to make me feel less confident, they actually couldn't admit what they were doing. They couldn't admit they were wrong. And they got someone else to do it who then had to struggle a great deal more. And the demonstration was not as good. Now, this did not negatively impact the company in any real way because this was not a sales thing. Uh, it was just trying to show the steps of a lesson to a group of people. But... One of the underpinnings of doing demonstrations to your staff and whatnot is to get them on board or enthusiastic about the product you're showing them, in this case, the lesson. So the enthusiasm for this lesson was now less than it could have been. And again, the people who arranged it, who tried to undermine my confidence, knew this. And I noticed from that point on, no one ever gave me this kind of feedback again. So... One of the things you have to be careful of, if you're going to try to take someone down a notch, you have to be very aware of the results of success, because I think that's something people don't take into account. I'm going to go after someone. I'm going to make their life difficult. I'm going to try to change them in some way. I'm going to criticize them. What if I'm successful? Because I think most of the time we're not. People resist and they fight back and, and things like that. Those are sort of natural instincts. So taking time and realizing, what if I'm actually successful? is this going to be good for me in the long run, is something that people don't tend to think about. Story of sort of a kind of malicious compliance. I, I basically just went along with what they said and pretended what they said was true for a while. But also sort of a warning to anyone, any, anyone who's in a position where they have to provide feedback or give something to someone else and they actually want to change that person, really take a second and think like, how will this negatively impact me if I am 100% successful? Because that is always a possibility that a lot of people do not consider. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. The Red Hot Chili Pop, what simultaneous release.